Today, we discuss Miro. Listen, when it comes to running client workshops, the dream, of course, is to get those creative juices flowing, right? But typically what ends up happening is thousands of hours get wasted because of poorly facilitated meetings. So I have Maya with me today. She's a consultant who runs Fortune 100 workshops from leadership training to team building, and she has the insider tip on what makes things work. Maya? Thank you, Jason. I've been doing this a long time. My number one tip is to bring everyone into that visual collaboration platform. So personally, I use Miro and it's completely changed how I interact with the room. You have to give people a way to feel like they're in the room even when they're not. That's something you can do easily in Miro. Otherwise, they've seen the same slides and format a thousand times. Falling asleep, eyes glazing over, yawns, all that. Exactly. When people follow me on the Miro board, everyone is literally going on a journey with me. We're adding thoughts, we're reacting, and we're voting for the best ideas. It's great. Connective magic. I like it. That's M-I-R-O.com. This Thursday at six o'clock, it's time for another True Geordie Fan Poker Tournament. And don't forget, it's free to enter, and I will be live during the tournament playing with you lot. The prize pool is 1000 tournament dollars which will double if we get more than 1,000 of you playing with us and on top of that if you knock me out which someone did last week as it happens it wasn't Conor McGregor you will win another $100 in cash in your account so if you want to play poker with me all you have to do is click the link in the description below download JJ Poker so once you've downloaded the game on your computer or your phone simply sign in it's very easy to do go on tournaments search True Geordie and then click on that tournament and the password is double down so i'll see you there at six o'clock on thursday don't forget send the link to as many of your mates as you can because the more of you playing the more tournament dollars we can win don't forget you have to be 18 to play terms and conditions apply play responsibly and you have to be in the uk or ireland to take part thanks for watching now enjoy the video Can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Do you know the true Jordan? You're a <laughs> You're gonna decide that, are you? What the fuck is wrong with it? <laughs> you know how they play. What a piece of that! This is it! Welcome back to the True Jordy podcast. Today's guest is an old friend of mine, one of my originals, actually. Yeah. You're on the Hall of Fame and everything now. Man, I Dr. think we were for what word was it that I said so many times that they were counting to see? I can't, I can't. <laughs> Mate, this audience is savage. <laughs> Even on me, you'd think they'd go light on me. They're harder, they're worse on me, man. Um, so, yeah, uh, you've literally just walked through the door as yeah. uh, Conor McGregor's been going off on me yeah. uh, uh, on social media. And then your professional opinion sir uh, did you agree with my estimation of uh, what he may or may not have been up to look I did see what you put out there and I saw the change from how he presented himself before to now mm. there's obviously a big change yeah not just in how he carries himself but also physically yeah um What's caused that change? I don't know, but there's a change. <laughs> there's, there's definitely a change. You're, you're, uh, right. So, for those who don't know, you're a cosmetic surgeon. Yeah, and uh, you're a legend in that field. Thank you. You, you, uh, you know, you, you basically dealt with a who's who. Mm. And I was actually going to start off by talking about celebrities as it mm. happened, uh, because you're you're involved in TV, celebrity culture, mm. all of that. 
in terms of Connor, while we're, while we're on him, yeah. his face looks different to what it used yeah. to be. Yeah. And, and, and MMA fans, we're, yeah. we're not fucking, we don't know what we're looking at, but yeah. everyone's looking at him going, you look different. Yeah. Is it the drugs? Is it this? Is it that? Yeah. Do you think that there's other things going on? Because he's had his teeth done. Yeah. Is there anything facially that you can see? Well, you know what? People typically change when they come into a whole lot of money. You know, we see this on TV time and time mm. again. You come into a whole heap of money. You know, Cristiano Ronaldo, his skin Bro. was all of a sudden amazing, great teeth, mm -hmm. you know. So people do change. And because they're in the public eye, we see it. You know, people don't get the luxury of hiding away mm. and, and coming back. Now, with Connor, there's definitely big change in terms of there's still a structure of his face. Um, when you look at it, it's it so much, much more, more square. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Much more masculine, much more solid. Now, th there's a definite increase in size too. Uh -huh. So he's gained weight, but we know he's done that. You know, we know we've seen since he had his injury that he's put on a lot of more muscle bulk. Now, is that natural? No, no, no. You know, only he will know and he will answer to that. Well, he's, but the, he's been out of the UFC testing pool, which yeah. means he's been like, don't test me for drugs right mm, now. Mm. Um, but are you saying anything that would resemble your line of work? Fellas and that sort of this thing. This is it. So when we... Sometimes when people take enhancements orally or we do things that we do in my clinic, so mm -hmm. injectables, there's similarities. So if someone was to, say, take steroids, right... Even though they're growing muscle, they do find that their jaws and they see changes in their face that look more masculine. Now, that can be mimicked by those specific drugs when people take them orally. Or we can do that cosmetically by using dermal fillers to enhance and chisel the shape of the jawline. Dermal fillers, what? Dermal fillers. So that is hyaluronic acid. So hyaluronic acid is a sugar molecule that naturally occurs in our own body. This is a synthetic version we make in a lab from bacteria. They're called Streptococcus equi. We purify that um, hyaluronic acid that it makes and we make specific bonds in it that make it a lot more harder to break down in the body so it can last longer because you don't want it to last only a few oh. days. And when we inject that in specific spaces, is we can do a lot of things. We can inject hyaluronic acid to hydrate the skin, to change the shape and different contours of the face, wow. to make it more masculine, more feminine. You know, in the right hands, you can do almost anything um, with these injectables. So you've seen many celebrities that have had that transformation with Connor that might be not athletes and have that question around performing enhancing drugs that have had injectables or surgery that have made them more, look more masculine. Yeah, and I noticed that. Big pull is it Zac Efron? Uh, he had... Yes. A, he, your eyes yeah, will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His face went from quite soft and teenage boy as to very yeah. jawline chisel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he said that I think allegedly he had an accident and because of that it was the way his jaw was aligned or something like that. Mm. I must have missed that episode in medical school. Wow. But like, I, you know, I think there was definitely a big change um, and you could see it in terms of the shape of his jaw, how he looked and also as well, this sometimes we get this kind of puffier look when things have been over-treated. The reason between that is because hyaluronic acid is an amazing molecule. It can hold up to 100 times more its own weight in water. So if you are over-injected or over-treated, you draw a lot of water to that area. So not in just a change, you have this sometimes overall puffiness if over-treated. And that was something that they saw in him as well. Yeah, is that, yeah it, I see in some celebrities where they just look so puffy. Mm. 
and you know I'm, I'm a guy who just carries weight naturally mm. so I'm used to looking in the mirror and seeing that but when mm. you see it as you say changing where they go from and as McGregor has done he mm. it, that's the thing when I look at him I just think you're it's not like you've just gained weight mm. your face looks different mm. it doesn't just look fatter or heavier mm. it looks different shape mm. in terms of other men you mentioned Ronaldo yes you know, you said his skin's better, his mm. teeth are better. Mm. But do you think he's had other stuff done? Because that guy looks young. Yeah, so he's got great genes and obviously he takes care of himself. Mm. So when you train that much and you've got such a strict diet, which he's famous about, you know, he just drinks water, no alcohol. So when you're doing that, that's always going to reflect in your skin and your body. So that's going to look great. Um, but, he does look again many different in different ways in the sense there's not that many wrinkles there. Um, if you yeah, look he's at 38. yeah, he's thirty eight, right. and yeah, don't get me wrong, you know I haven't got many, you know black doesn't crack and all of that. <laughs> but like with him, his skin wasn't really good before. You know he had um, acne. Um, if you look back at the previous Man United things and acne scarring, mm-hmm. none of that really is there anymore. So to get rid of that, he definitely would have had to, or I believe would have had to have definitely lasery surfacing sessions that's right. using the energy laser to take off that scar tissue from the skin and then to limit the skin from forming lines and wrinkles that you would expect at his age a small amount of Botox that's an injection that relaxes line and wrinkles mm-hmm. now he's also invested in many different projects but I know he's got a hair loss or PRP clinical beauty salon so he's not not aware of these things and he has invested it from a business sense so mm-hmm. you never know it may have been from an investment <coughs> to trial and see you never know well one guy who I'm 99% sure has had hair replacement mm. and he's a footballer is David Beckham yeah his hair looks so yeah, different yeah, nowadays yeah. and he's aged yeah. amazingly he's aged well and this is it so when people talk about aesthetics or injectables they worry because you know we're talking about the extremes of the changes that we've seen you know um, in Conor McGregor Zac Efron oh. But David Beckham is such a good example of where people go, well, he's aged well. He's done stuff, but I'm not sure what. And actually, that's what it is 99% of the time. When you do these treatments, people age well. They just look great. You don't know what they've quite had, but they look great. And so he's done it that smart way. Whereas you see some people where they've kind of gone in too much, then it becomes obvious, so it doesn't look quite right. Yeah, you're looking for the natural look. Yeah. Yeah. But it isn't natural. But it isn't natural. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is it. It's like that kind of injecting freshness. It's like, he just went on a holiday, had a new diet, you know, new workout plan. What is it? I don't know what I it is. It. Actually, he's been to your clinic. <laughs> um, in terms of, I, I want to bring up a couple of other men, because my, my audience is, is mm-hmm. predominantly male, obviously. Um, some people who did it really badly. Mm. Simon Cowell. Ooh, yeah. What went wrong? Because Simon was a, a good-looking older mm. man. And the longer it went on and the more... and He, he just looks like a car crash, if mm. we're being brutally honest. Mm. When you're looking at that, what do you see and what's your feelings as a, a practitioner yourself in that field? Like, Do you feel like he's been let down or...? Yeah, no, it is upsetting and you do feel let down because then it adds to the narrative that these treatments make you look abnormal and mm. fake and you shouldn't do them and you shouldn't mess with yourself and such. Um, Definitely you had know, a facelift, hasn't yeah. he? I, it's hard to say, so... He definitely has had a combination of treatments and he has admitted to having some of those mm. to, in the press. Because if not, we can only say allegedly, can mm. we? You know, but he definitely has had a lot of changes. And what his changes are, are typical of a lot of men, where sometimes 
These treatments shouldn't try and change you and make you look like someone else. They should try and improve you, keep you fresher, make you just feel maybe a few years younger. But sometimes the goal goes too far. They go, I want to look like when I was when I was in my 20s. No, you're not going to look like you were in your 20s. And by injecting so much stuff in, that's where you get that pillow face or that puffiness in that area. And you could see it in the way his skin was, in the way he was smiling. It it, it didn't look good. And one of the biggest things also to tell is how the face moves. So it's not just the look, but it's how the face moves after. If you've got a whole heap of product in the wrong places, you're not going to move your face in the same way that you mm. did beforehand. And that change in the movement, the change how you look in terms of comparisons, how you was able to smile before, and then that, you, you could tell that the stuff wasn't done well. It, it makes me feel really awkward when, mm. if, when you're talking to someone like that. You're mm. kind of like you feel like a deer in the headlights. You're mm. like, I don't know how to pretend mm. like you don't look like a crazy person mm. right now. And there was one guy in the YouTube community called Brian Callan, who's a podcaster um, on an MMA podcast. And he was, I think he turned 50. Mm. And he had his eyelids done. Mm. And I was shocked at how well it went. Mm. It, he didn't, I don't, to my knowledge, he didn't have anything else done but his eyelids. And it made him look so much younger immediately. Mm. Is that something that's happening more and more with men? Yeah. We, you know... Men in terms of the aesthetic market, you know, used to make up about 5%. Okay. Right? And in the last, I would say, three years now, they make up up to 15 to 20% globally. Wow. You know, and that's a big change. It's now, we find it, even though there's still a lot more stigma, we still find it more acceptable. Yeah. And you can see this. If you go into a sneaker store or, you know, when you're buying trainers, you don't just see trainers anymore. You see a grooming section right next to there. You know, you'll mm. see hair products, you know, not for me and you. But, <laughs> but like things like that across there, you will see that now or beard or, or different things. They're recognizing that men are part of this conversation, but there is still a lot of stigma in it. And I think a lot of guys don't want to speak about it. Um, I know with my group of mates, <laughs> they'll be listening to this, I won't expose any names. But I, I was in the kitchen the other day, we just had a barbecue in a nice weather. And my mate came up to me and, and he just whispered to me, he said, you know, what, what, what cream's that on your face? And I was like, why are you whispering? In the, why are we whispering? In the house? As if you've got class A drugs. Yeah, I know. I was yeah. like, there's no one else in there. Yeah. Why are we whispering? And he was like, oh, you know, what are you using your face? I was like, yeah, it's a vitamin C moisturizer. He's like, okay, like, can you write that down for me? And I was like, mate, we don't need to whisper. Like, it's okay to want about. But he was... Knowing what I do and knowing I've done this for a long time, still uncomfortable to speak to me about it. So it just shows if if him in that scenario is the general public, still men-wise, find it very difficult. Michael Jackson. The worst of the worst, in my opinion. Mm. And he was someone who denied plastic surgery Mm. until the day he died. I mean, Mm. he denied a lot of things. Mm. But um, when you look at him, what level of insanity are we talking in terms of the people pro- providing the medical care mm. to him what, do you, what does that make you think about I think it's a very sad case because he was obviously a very talented man in mm. what he was doing and I think it shows sometimes the pressures of celebrity mm. right it's a loss of identity. I think he was almost rejecting what he saw of himself to become something else. And yes, I know there was many theories about vitiligo. That's a skin condition that makes you whiter and everything else. But there was clear changes in the shape of the nose, the jaw, the yeah. features, the cheeks that you could see, particularly coming on to later life, that had to be surgery. But then he's not all to blame as well. It's the physicians too or the practitioners Uh that do this. They have a responsibility to say no. So yes, you've got 
on the other half, someone that is seeking these treatments for the wrong reasons, and then you've got someone that's fulfilling them for the wrong reasons as well. And when you have that mixed together, I think that's when you get scenarios like that that are some of the baddest cases. What has Kim Kardashian done for your industry? Ooh, I would say what she has done is popularize plastic surgery or cosmetic treatments. So she's put it on a platform where it wasn't as much spoken about before. And it's hard to say, it's, it, it's sometimes unfair because when I hear, oh, is, you know, is it the Kardashians to blame? I don't think it's the Kardashians themselves, it's social media, but they are one of the biggest social media stars. But if you look at social media as a platform, that's probably been the biggest catalyst to educate and tell people what can be done. You know, people go there now for their news, their information, their procedures. And even patients, when they come to see me, they're doing their research on there. Mm-hmm. They're sending me links from different pages from around the world. Or do you do this? Can this be done? Is this real? So people are getting all of that information, but then also driven by the pressure of it. So then they're looking at images of other people they see on there, and they're like, how does that person look that way? Oh my God, she's just woken up and looks like this? <coughs> That's the case. You know, I don't look like that. I feel bad about myself. Am I supposed to look like that? Mm. And you get this unrealistic level of what beauty is supposed to be. It's actually a fake level because it's not achievable. It's a combination between filters, makeup, surgery, plastic surgery. So it's actually not attainable. So when you're kind of putting yourself against that, you're going to feel crap all the time. I think that that a lot of people are suffering from that from social media. Mm. This like this because this comparison is the thief of joy, Mm. and nothing makes you compare your life, your income, your looks, your everything like social media. Um, And I think you you must experience that more than ninety nine point nine percent of people out there Mm. because you are someone who is there to help change someone's image and Mm. improve it, and you're being met with all of these people feeling inferior probably daily. Yeah. What is that like for you as a person to be to be the guy because mm-hmm. I've been to your clinic before yeah. for uh, uh, for advice on things mm. and you're amazing at what you do. You really are amazing. Oh, thank you. And I, I remember just thinking like the level of trust I had in anything you said. Mm. I knew I was getting quality advice but equally you're kind of a therapist as well and yeah. I, I can imagine these yeah. women especially mm. looking at you and just offloading so yeah. much. What, yeah. what is it like to be the person who takes all that off? It's a lot. Um, because like you said, there's a big responsibility. So when we're doing it, not just women, men as well, um, you're really in that consultation trying to figure out why. Like, what's the reason? What's the why? Um, that's really important because if there are deep-seated psychological issues... none of the treatment I'm going to do is going to help. Nothing I do here. The best thing I can do to help you is to make you recognize that and let you have the first guidance in getting the help for that. But if it's not, which some people find hard to believe, people think, well, no, if someone wants to change something, they must be deeply upset with themselves. No, not, not at all. You know, we change ourselves every single day. If we were all natural, which I hate that term, we would be all running around barefoot, naked and hairy. <laughs> you know, we're not. We all change ourselves in some form of way yeah. since we've been born. It's just the level of that change. And then it's, okay, where do you draw that line? But, it's one of the oldest things in human history. Like, yeah. tattooing goes yeah. back thousands of years, for yeah. example. Yeah, so. yeah, like the first person to dye their hair, people mm. would have been, oh my God, you're crazy. Mm. You know, and I talk about teeth a lot, you know, cosmetic treatments to teeth. We don't batter an eye at that now, you know? Like, people get teeth whitened, veneers, bonding, everything. We don't batter an eye, you know? But 
people who go and do that are doing it for the same reasons they may get Botox or laser treatments on their skin or fillers. It's that same want or desire to feel different or feel a bit better mm-hmm. in the way they look. But they could go on in their lives also without doing it and be completely fine. That's when you're in that safe area, right? If you're having to do it to define you and that you know you're so deeply going to be depressed if you do not do it, that is a dangerous territory. How do you kind of pinpoint it when they are that way? Mm. And you're like, this is not... you're like Because there are some people... And I was going to bring up like Madonna, for example, mm-hmm. who really seems to be struggling to accept the aging process. Mm-hmm. That no matter what you do for them, you know they will be back mm-hmm. and they will be wanting more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Age me backwards, age me backwards. Like, so what kind of things are you looking for that they're going to say? So there's a lot of red flags. Some of them are obvious and some of them aren't. Um, the obvious red flags is when you get a patient that's been to several clinics before. So they've been to countless clinics in their history, never been happy. Always the clinic's fault. Never got we what I wanted right, okay? Right. You really kind of go, mm, maybe here they're chasing, you know, something that can't be given to yeah. you, right? So that's one. Next one is, doesn't want to look in the mirror, okay? So when you're saying, okay, tell me about how you feel about your look, and you give them the mirror, I don't, I don't look in the mirror. Oh. I don't look. And that's something a lot of people do, and it's like, well, if you can't look in the mirror... You know, that's a problem. You're not in the real world. Though. Yeah, there's there's something there. Yeah. So that that's another flag. Um, and then others sometimes is how they show you in terms of reference points of what they want, you know. So you get sometimes, and I'll get someone to grab a phone, and it's them with like, I don't know, like a Snapchat filter, and they look like a pixie. Like the eyes are all open, the ears, are, and their skin's no point. I know, can I, yeah. I, I know this, they go, I know this isn't real, but if we can look, a bit like that. And I'm like, but you just started it with, I know this isn't real. Wow. Um, so we're not really going to get there. So these are flags for usually what we call body dysmorphia, where people have a different image of themselves that they see in the outside world. And if you're going to, again, treat that with treatments, you're never going to get anywhere. That's something that's really needs to be from a counselling point of view looked at. Yeah, it, it sounds like the, the the goal for you, for a mm. client, is to have someone who's in the real world, knows what they look like, mm. wants minor modifications that yeah. are going to improve them slightly, mm. but not life-changing, crazy goals that aren't attainable. That hits the nail on the head. Uh-huh. And, and that's what you're looking for, you know, because... When someone really wants to just change completely how they look, sometimes it's because they hate how they look. And you've got to go, okay, how is it you hating how you look or who you are? You know, there's deep questions to be answered. And a lot of the times people don't go into this. And this is where I get kind of mad because sometimes people go, well, I'd have to pay for a consultation. You know, I know what I want mm. is treatment. And you're like, well, this is exactly the reason why, you know. Consultations are not just a quote for the job, you know. <laughs> it's not like it's also gonna, for you as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for me to decide... Then am I going to do this? Am I going to say no? Because I can say no, and I do say no. You know, so I think people forget that that's such an important part because it's keeping them safe as well as the practitioners. It must be frustrating for you because clearly you really value reputation, Mm. credibility, and the end product at the end of the day. So... You, you're coming in and you're potentially rejecting money mm. because you're saying, look, I don't want your money because mm. this isn't going to end well. Mm. But then there are surgeons, who I'm sure you're aware of, who won't do that. No. And they're bringing the overall uh, reputation of the industry down. Yeah. Have you ever, I don't know, wanted to be and get in contact with one of these guys or say something to them or, 
You know, you've yeah. seen the state that someone's arrived to you in. Yeah. And they, then you're doing a repairal job. Yeah. And felt like, what the f are these playing yeah. at? Yeah. Yeah, there was one place I did. They they were not a legitimate practice, as mm. they would say. Um, they were not medical practitioners, no qualifications. And I kept getting referrals from that same place. Wow. Um, and... At that point, I thought, okay, I've got to do something here. Um, now, it was a bit harder because because they're not medical, there's no one for them to answer to. There's no regulatory body. You know, I'm GMC, there's NMC for nurses, um, GDC for dentists. Am I, am I, am I right in guessing mm. that this was lip-related? Yes, you were. Okay, because <laughs> there's a lot of beauticians mm. who were getting needles yeah. and just pop, 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 pop yeah. and changing people's lips and stuff like yeah. that. And I'm seeing, when I did my research, there was mm. like freak shows, left, right and centre, mm. from these people who aren't doctors mm. themselves. Mm. Yeah, okay. completely that. And, you know, I was getting a lot of cases of these... And I can actually say, yeah, I won't say the name of the place, but I will say the setup. And I was so surprised. This is how so easy people get caught in these setups. So... They would go to this place. They didn't know it was a house. They'd go to the house and knock at the door. It's a random guy comes to the door, right? Ask, says to them, is it their name? They go, yeah. Says to come in. That's the first red flag there, I would think, right? Because you turn up at this house. It's not a clinic. Yeah. Some random guy, not the practitioner who was female, is just asked you to come into this house. Okay. Do you want to die? Then, you, know, yeah. you go in there. So then it was like, sit down in this living room. So they sit down in the living room. Then they get given a milkshake. Who gives you a milkshake in this day and age? Unless you are trying to hide something that's in a drink. I, you know, you've offered me a nice beverage of water, a closed can of Coke. Yeah. If you offered me like just a milkshake out randomly out of the blue, I'd be like, why are you offering me a milkshake for? Yeah. So they're sitting there. Someone drank this milkshake. I, you know, I was like, what, you good you didn't have your kidneys taken when you woke up or something. So then they get said, okay, come follow me. So they go through the garden, and they're going now to the shed at the back. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it open this, opens the shed at the back. There's a lady sitting in there. There's a chair in there. She says, lay down. She does the injections. Bam, bam, bam. Does in five minutes. Gone. They're out of the house, and that's it. How much roughly are they charging? Um, so it was between anywhere, because they were doing half a meal to a meal. So it was like 65 quid um, to 100 quid, which is quite cheap, right? I mean, when that, I heard the I mean, stories, the overheads are low. Yeah, the overheads are low. We're doing it in the shed. <laughs> We're doing oh, it in the shed. Fuck you me. know, and a milkshake, which I don't know how much cost to make. Jesus. Um, but, like, there's so many red flags in that whole story to go. You would hope people would go, I'm going, I'm leaving this. Mm. But you get this deer caught in headlights and you keep going. So I contacted them and I said, like, look, I've had about, like, 12 of your patients now. Um, and... I'm concerned about this. Um, I don't know where to take this. Um, but you need to look into this. Got blocked. Got blocked off all social media. Got blocked off everything in mm. terms of them. Couldn't even, like, try to call. Then I tried to email. Got no email response at that point. And it was one that I took legal advice. And I'm like, well, Dr. Escher here, you can't really do much in this situation because it's up to the individuals. You know, they actually unfortunately, with our law, aren't doing anything illegal. There's no law to prevent non-medical practitioners having treatments. There's none. So, And what are the worst-case scenario here mm. in the event of someone jacking your lips up? Mm. Like, how bad can it get? Oh, it can get really bad. So I start from, like, kind of mild to, like, the end form. So infection, 
and infection can progress onto something called abscess formation. That's when you have pockets of pus in the area that's been injected um, because the infections become too progressive. You can get bleeding, bruising, hematomas. These are big blood clots in the actual lip itself. Then the vessel can get blocked for the blood supply. And when that happens, you go into what we call necrosis, where the tissue starts to die. And if that tissue dies, it can fall off. So you can lose part of your lip, part of your nose. In some cases, go blind as well or have a stroke. So these are very, very dangerous I'm fucking mind-blown, yeah. Yeah. So when you think about that, I think people just think, oh, well, because they're semi-permanent, you know, they can break down, I can get dissolved, that there's no worries or issues, you know, with it. But there is. There's so many things that can happen between the needle coming into you and that that can permanently disfigure you. Um, and so going to someone's back shed Jesus. just to have it done is not the way to start off. And the, and the lip thing, I've always been, and, and I don't know, I don't really understand like what the whole craze is about lips. And mm. you've watched this from day one, yeah. and you are the guy mm. in in the UK for this. So. Mm. What is it about women who, why do they want these massive lips? Because mm. as men, I've, I've never been in a pub with the lads and been like, seeing the lips on her. Like, <laughs> it's, not, yeah. it's not something. So I yeah. don't know if it's for us as mm. much as it's for, for women who feel mm. um, competitive with their, their other women yeah. and Instagram and all of that. So yeah. what do you think the, the reason is? You know what? It is for us in a way, in a subconscious way. Okay, so if we go back, like, even to kind of medieval time or prehistoric times, Mm. when we used to look and we see a lip, a lip to us would represent lips down below. So when we looked at that, it would represent the fertility of the woman and different things. So this was a sign of attractiveness to Mm. us, right? I suppose in cartoons, that's why they were always big hips, big lips, big lips and everything else. Then you add on top of that that, when we look at, they've done scientific studies when they see the eyes, when they track and look at people. One of the first things we look at is the eyes, the second is the lips. So you've probably already done that subconsciously mm. as you go through in your assessment. Um, but you just don't know you've done it. So f- from that side, that is there. From the female side or the men's side, because men get them done as well. When they're looking in the mirror, again, it's forming part of this upside-down triangle. I right? say so this triangle where you kind of connect the eyes and then the bottom of the mouth. And this is your kind of triangle of change where people focus on and they look at these areas as things that, okay, in this area, I feel like I need to change something. And many times the fulminant point, the lips, becomes that focus. And they go, ah, it's that. I want to do to improve how I look or that. It may not be the right thing, but because it's such a focal point, there's a big focus on it from there. Yeah, so I, I get why. I mean, I think if you feel like you're really, like, got tiny lips mm. and you're a woman, I, I understand that. But mm. there's sometimes, like, when I see a, a woman, let's say, uh, in, a, in a situation, like I've been on a date with a girl and she turns mm. up and there's that upturn, yeah. I'm always like, damn, like, it's a bit it's much, much that. It's too much. When it's like really pointing out and there's like a shelf where your yeah. lip is, I'm like, yeah. it's gone too far. But this far, is that. where it's gone bad. This is exactly, yeah. as you say, gone too far. The majority of the times when it's done well, you won't notice. Yeah. You will just think, oh my God, she's got natural, lovely, full lips. Yeah. You know, they look great. You won't know, oh, Dr. Escher has done them. Yeah. You know, you just won't know. Um, but it's those times that when it looks bad, we kind of all register in our head and think about, right? You know, I see it all the time and I'm like, oh God, this is like so bad. In terms of um, other uh, surgeries that are becoming popular, mm. I noticed 
six packs and stuff like that. Yeah. Like men having fake six yeah. packs put in. Body sculpting, yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah, you know, it's body modification is really growing, you know, it's very big in Asia, um, big in America. We're seeing more of it now across in the UK. Mm. And, you know, people forget that it, Men get implants in areas, pec implants, ab implants, fat etching. How does that you know? work in terms of pec implants and stuff like that? Because you have to be able to function to a degree. Yeah. What's yeah. the movement and stuff like that? So you still get movement because we're not taking away the muscle that is doing that movement there. But what we are doing is adding an implant in a similar way in a breast, okay, that's shaped in a different way. That will then hide in a pocket of the tissue and then help enhance the aesthetic of that particular area. Mm. So you have people getting calf implants, you know, because no matter how much they train, they can't get their calves bigger. So they're getting calf implants yeah. as well. And like ab etching is a huge part now um, of what we're seeing a lot of guys get done because, you know, so much can be done by training to a specific level, right? But you know, and even guys and, you know, trainers will tell you to get down to a level where your abs are that, defined one sometimes it's not even that healthy but two it's not even physically possible for mm. a lot of people so by doing that it just takes it on another level um in terms of bbls right i yeah. really want to talk about this because i've met a girl with a bbl before mm -hmm. and it it looked good yeah I, I wasn't like there's a big fake bbl yeah. it just looked like a big butt yeah um and from what I understand, they take the fat from your other body body parts, yeah. put it in there. Mm. But when I was doing my research, I didn't realize how dangerous oh, yeah. it is. Serious. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's the thing that seems to cause the most issues, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. No, you're right. It has, like, I think, a fatality of one in... one. Also, one in 1,000. Okay, wow. so that's a lot. And people forget it's serious surgery, you know, and people going abroad on it to do it on the cheap, you know, in hotel rooms and craziness like that. Whereas, I think it's because the, the procedure's trivialised, because like you say, you just say, oh, they take fat and they put it away. What we don't realise is when we're taking away a lot of fat from the body, so liposuction in the first place, that's a very dangerous procedure because we're losing a lot of water we're losing a lot of blood so there's a big shift in the compartments of our body in terms of the amount of fluid that puts a big strain on the heart and the lungs first off you're doing that and then you're placing this product in the gluteal region on the bum where essentially there's large vessels where this can enter into and if it does enter into those vessels, particularly veins and things that take blood away from the body, it can take clogged bits of fat and end up embolizing or blocking the lung, which then again puts strain on the heart, which then let, results in cardiac arrest and death. So there are big things that can happen. It's not just as simple as take it out, put it in somewhere else. I, yeah, I, when I was doing my research, I seen a woman who... She went for basically a bit of everything mm. in Turkey mm. and she paid 14 grand all in mm. and she was lucky to be alive mm. afterwards. Mm. And apparently in the stats that I was reading, there's been a 44% increase in um, problems from uh, medical problems from people getting these cheap uh, operations done abroad. Mm. And I, I assume that you get people coming to you as well mm. uh, asking for help with things that have gone wrong yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, the, the problem is, is everyone wants a big bum. Yeah. And you, so do you get people who you'll tell them these risks? Mm. And it'll just not register because oh, yeah. their head is, it's Christmas. Yeah. Their mind is made up. Yeah. I think 
you know, any procedure carries risk first off. Mm. So we, we have to say that because even though there's lower risk, there's still all medical procedures and they still carry risk. And it's up to the individual to balance those risks and go, okay, is this for me? But then there's educated risks and there's unnecessary risks, okay? If you are going to have this particular procedure done and you are set out on having it done, have it done by one of the best people in one of the best facilities where there is follow-up and aftercare to limit your risk. Mm. You do not then go, knowing it's so dangerous, based on where's the cheapest I can get this done. Mm. That is setting you up for failure or death. Yeah, this one, well, this woman lost a boob. Yeah. Like, it just died on her, I guess. I don't, and that it, it just blew my mind, and I did feel sorry for her, but mm. equally... It's like it's becoming that that thing that you read in the newspapers where you're like uh, online rather, mm. yeah, yeah, standard. Yeah, it happens. It's a bit sad because a lot of people don't get sympathy for it, isn't it? Yeah. Because a lot of people will see you see it in the comments are going, oh well, they shouldn't be messing with themselves. They shouldn't be doing that. Yes, really, but no one really deserves to die. You know that that shouldn't be there. It's a sad case. The one other thing I really wanted to talk about mm. uh, in regards to the male side. And I sent you a link for this beforehand because yeah. I was like, I don't even... What is, what is happening is this leg lengthening yeah. thing that yeah. this guy in this video clip, mm. he was about five foot five mm. and after the leg extending mm. uh, treatment he had was about six foot, six foot one mm. and he could barely even walk though. By the end of it, you're like, what quality of life are you left with and what level of yeah. agony and pain have you been in yeah. for a year of this metal steel thing pinned into his, his shin bone yeah. and it's just stretching this bone out. Yeah. Do you know much about how they do that? Yeah, so it's again a quite common procedure, again before quite big in Asia. If you look at the average height of people in Asia, it's a lot shorter than us. Mate, South Korea or something so is, is massive it's on huge. plastic surgery, it's, I can't yeah, believe. Yeah, and it's the most popular country. Yeah, and in terms of body modification and limb lengthening, which is that, that's where it is, <laughs> Bro, that is, even that is that. huge. Um, and essentially, you are causing yourself targeted trauma. You know, we are breaking the bones in your leg, we are separating them and we have an apparatus called an X-fix, you know, external fixation device that holds that bone in a specific position. We keep the two ends of the bone slightly apart. And what the great thing is about bone is if you do that, it's able to heal in between that gap, okay? So that bone starts to heal in between and form a different organized type bone called a callus in between, which then ultimately ends up with a longer limb because that's happened. But as you quite rightly said in that guy's case, up until that happens, the area is much weaker. We can't walk. We can't mobilize. You know, the ligaments attached to that area aren't as strong. So we have to go through a whole big rehabilitative process before we get any form of life back. And there are risks because it may not heal. We may fracture more easily in that area. It may not set in the direction we want. So there are so many risks that can happen in it. You know, I know there is surgeries and there are different surgeries, but when I look at that, I always go, "My God!" Like maybe a couple of insoles would have just been better. Bro, that. there's that. There's yeah. There's those uh, big platform. There's shoes. big platform shoes. Bro. I know. I haven't seen them. I haven't tried them, but like I saw the adverts, and they look quite decent. Yeah, they actually. do actually. Yeah. They look all right, and definitely less painful. Yeah. And that was the thing that you know hit me is 
A, the agony. Apparently, this is the most agonizing oh, yeah. because of how long you're yeah. having to wait for this to heal. But also, the guy in question, mm. he was a very uh, skinny, slight dude. Mm. And I'm, I'm looking at him thinking, like, whenever you try to do anything athletic, mm. you're, you're going to be at risk. Your body is going to be completely discombobulated yeah. because you're not, you're not built to, yeah. to move at six foot. Yeah. You've never done that. Yeah. And, uh, it just made him look like frail almost. Mm. Like, I don't know. Uh, he was very slight. I remember watching yeah. He was a very slight guy. And actually, you know, what you will be worried about is because muscle provides protection for the bones around us as well. So, you know, him being that slight and having that particular procedure, he does put himself at a lot of risk for refracturing at those sites. Jesus Christ. And uh, it, it made me go... How deeply unhappy must he have been at being a short guy? Mm. And and at that point, I'm like, I, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't be that unhappy. Mm. I mean, it's easy for me to say I'm six foot odd, but yeah. but but genuinely, I just think that that that's one of those procedures where if my mate was getting that done, I'd have mm. to go, how oh, are mate? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah, this is it. I think you know what's great with advancements is we're almost able to do anything these days in the world of cosmetic surgery. But just because we're able to doesn't mean we should. Well, based on that, um, I was going to go down below because vagina surgery and yeah. penis surgery. Yeah, uh, DDL. So, so, yeah, we need it. Uh, so, well, at least I do. No, the vagina thing, though, yeah. like for a start, women obviously uh, feel self-conscious about mm. how their vaginas look and, mm. and porn definitely played a role when that all of the... Huge role. Yeah, the porn stars were all getting that done where uh, the labia and the lips yeah. and stuff yeah. like that were being trimmed down. Mm. And therefore, I guess the sensitivity and all sorts of mm. things can be changed. Are you aware of how that is done, what the procedure's like? Yeah, so what you're talking about there is a labiaplasty where you are altering the outside skin or lips of the vagina. That can be done in a number of ways. We can use laser, we can use surgery to cut away. We can also use dermal fillers. We just talked about those. Some people have dermal fillers injected in specific places to plump up the area or smooth out the wrinkles in the area too. So there's a lot wow. that can be done. Bro, you blow my mind. So yeah, there's a lot that can be done. Mm. But I think, you know, going back to what you were saying is porn and a lot of imagery has triggered a lot of people to do this because it's almost made people look and say, well, mine doesn't look like that. You know, so there must be something wrong with mine. When actually, if they actually really saw the variations that they are, they would see they're quite normal. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen two vaginas that look identical. Mm. Uh, You know, they're all very different, (laughs) is the point. And I'm pretty sure dicks are the same for women. Um, In terms of them, uh, penises, what what, what were we saying? DDL. Is there anything happening in there? Yeah, DDL, Dominican dick lift. Really? That is... What is that? um, So essentially, it can be done in many different ways. So I've seen it done in the wrong way. And if there's any guys listening to this, please do not do it because there's a bit of a trend of doing it where people have injected Vaseline into the area. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So so what is the premise of a DDL? Um, So the premise of a DDL, a bit like a BBL, is to make the area bigger. Okay. You know, more girth, more length in the actual area. Is that with erection or flaccid? Uh, Both. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, okay, no so wonder both. the men are fucking yeah. checking it out. Well, this is it. So, like, and there's been a few cases where people have researched and have seen by adding Vaseline into the foreskin area or around the actual shaft of the penis that they can do that. They forget it can be quite toxic um, and it can cause problems and issues. And actually, I was on a show 
where there was a guy that had done that and we had to remove that from him. So, you know, oh. it's, 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 it's not good. So, guys, please don't go ahead and do that if you're thinking... When you said you had to remove it from yeah. him, what kind of, if you could describe, what state was the penis in? Oh, so what he had got to the, this stage now was he was in a stage of chronic pain. You know, it caused a lot of inflammation, tenderness. He couldn't have sex. He was in permanent pain in the area. Um, and he was having a lot of infections due to it. Um, but he had done it based on seeing research online that people, you know, these DIY, you know, the sites and people say, oh, yeah, injecting Vaseline in the area. He injected himself with it? Yeah, yeah. Bro. Yeah. Was real? like, mm. what was, did he, size-wise? It was thicker. But, it was more girth. Okay, but did did he need one? In like, what, did you understand the the, the the desperation for it? Would you? Did he have a smaller penis? He didn't have like a micro penis. Okay, but it's it, it, it average. Yeah, it's a bit harder because you know I'm not, I'm not trying to feed this stereotype. I'm, I haven't seen many penises. I'm a black guy. Yeah, yeah. The ones yeah. I've seen black guys around <laughs> me. So you but, know where? Because in my head, I'm I'm wondering. This is such a funny conversation. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like. Was this something where you're like, uh, I can see why you'd be that desperate, or was it just like, it didn't no? This is this was a kind of yeah. Why did you do crazy? This? Like, okay. You know, okay. this is too much. Um, but in a safe way, a number of people are using fat as they would do in a Brazilian butt lift to inject into the area to increase girth to the area, um, and and using a number of other factors as well to try and increase length to the area as well. Wow. So that is something we're seeing much more of. I'd be fucking terrified, mate. Mm. I, I don't care what size it is. Yeah. I ain't getting a needle near that thing yeah. or anything. Yeah. Like, I think I, I saw it as a young uh, medical trainee when stuff goes wrong there. There was a guy that had priapism. That is a permanent, like, erection, like an ongoing erection. And what do you he mean? Had that. So he had taken um, enhancers, so, like, Viagra and everything to have, but his penis wasn't going down from an erection. <laughs> fucking and hell. You would think, oh, yeah, there's a guy, oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm going to keep. No. <laughs> After a while, that becomes very, very painful. And then the tissue in the penis can start to die because it's not meant no. to stay erect for that period of time. So <laughs> he was in a lot of pain and a lot of difficulty. Bro, I guarantee you, right? I know people love to listen to podcasts yeah. at night when they go to sleep. No one's sleeping through this shit <laughs> no, right now. No, no. Wow. When I saw that, I was like, even as a dog, I was like, I am never... Messing with that shit, like I'm not. I don't care what the reward yeah. is. No, exactly. Not, it's not worth the no, risk. No, it's not. No, and and that's what it, I guess that's what it comes down to with this sort yeah. of stuff. And um, actually, one interesting thing is now we are creating penises. Yes, for trans people. Yes, and I wondered if you'd uh, treated many trans people mm. and what that had been like, and just any interesting information because I'll be honest, I have no idea what they go through. Yeah, and. Uh, I've defi- I definitely want to have one on the podcast at some point mm-hmm. so I can get more of an understanding. But I've seen a little thing where they were taking skin off someone's mm-hmm. arm mm-hmm. to create a, a, penis. Penis. a penis. And it it was terrifying mm-hmm. because the arm, the state the arm was in afterwards, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen these yes, photographs. Yes. Fucking hell. And then does it work? What, what is it a functioning penis? So what do you know about it? Yeah, so I did a rotation a long time in my junior surgical rotation where we did cover a clinic um, for trans. And what I will say, and it, this is something I do feel strongly about, a lot of people sometimes go, oh, well, you know, people confuse, people don't know what they're doing. No, 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 no. 
The process to transition is so complex and has so many factors behind it, so many psychological evaluations, so many hormones, so many... You put your body through so much. No one does that because of a phase. You know, no one does that because they confuse. You know, people do that because it's how they see themselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, anyone that goes through that journey, I do admire them. Now... I didn't see it the other way in my rotation that um, a person had a penis, but I saw a guy who had a penis and then it was removed to form more of a vagina itself. And when I saw that happen, I was just honestly blew my mind first off. Like, you know, it sticks in my mind today. I thought, wow. Like, and I couldn't believe how much it just looked like a vagina. Like, after. Oh, really? Like, was our meal? It just did. It did. Like, so, so when um, people say, "Oh, I didn't realize," yeah. you actually can can. Oh yeah, understand. you know, it, as in when men meet a woman in a bar. I, I'm I'm telling you, and I will say this to any guy out there, right? So it's my job to know. And I have been in Spain, in Barcelona. We call that night Shakira, Shakira night, right? Because this girl came over to speak to me. And she looked like Shakira. She looked like Shakira, right? And I can't believe I'm saying this on your podcast. I love it. Thank you. Right? So, <laughs> I'm dancing to Shakira, right? I'm going to think Shakira. And at one point, she grabs me close to the dance. And I feel there's two soldiers in this battle. No. And so I looked at her. And I think when I looked at her, she knew I knew. And at that point, she kind of pushed me against the wall. And she was like, you judge me, da, 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 da. and she knew, she knew, she knew. And I wasn't, I wasn't, I was just taken back. I mean, naturally. You know, naturally, yeah. in that way. And it, I thought so I was yeah, with yeah, Shakira. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, I didn't and, think and, I'd got But then that's when I said, you know, I said it to my mates and I said it and I say it to people because they get in so many situations like, I never knew, I couldn't know. Oh, I would know, I would know my friends. Like, surgery is so detailed today in the changes to the face, the body, and everything else that, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't. Mm. You know, um, and that's it. Some some people have surgery so much so like that they look more female than some females. You yeah, know? yeah. That's I, it. I went on dating apps recently. Mm. Um, well, not that recent, but a while back. Mm. And the amount of I mean, they were openly mm. trans in their bios, mm. but the amount of people when you're swiping around, mm. you you go like fucking hell. I'm mm. glad that's in the bio because mm. mm. I would never. No, have, you have, know, you yeah, you, you, exactly. you won't. And and that's how again when we talk about you know when things are getting done bad, mm -hmm. you know this is a very good example of how things can be when you look well. The fact that you can then take someone from a mantle and you would not know. In terms of the vagina that you're creating from mm. the penis, how does that process go? Can you remember? Parts of it. So the skin of the shaft of the penis was used to form part of the labial skin. Okay, so it was almost peeled back like a banana. Um, <laughs> so yeah, in that way. And to form that, so it still had the sensation and the sensitivity that it would get. And so it was mimicking that part in there. I literally, again, as I say, for me, it was the most fascinating. I remember I was, I had my surgical mask on, but my mouth was open during that procedure. And I just was like, wow, I've never seen something so complex, but amazing in the same time. And, and do they, am I right in thinking that they create a clitoris? Yeah, essentially the from the, the glands of the penis, yes. Wow. And does that mean that they can like, feel in there and have like some sort of similar yeah, sensation yeah definitely wow. yeah 
Uh, the one thing I, when I was doing a bit of research mm. into, uh, from like, I seen a couple of trans people they interviewed on it, mm. and when you talk about what they go through, mm. the thing that I had a respect for that I mm. really because you just see someone who looks like used to be a man now a woman, mm. you don't really think about what they went through. Mm. The level of like risk and infection and all these mm. issues and challenges that they go through, mm. particularly people who were the early adopters. Yes. I mean, they were essentially guinea pigs. Mm. So they really were sacrificing mm. for people now even. And mm. It blew me mind. Mm. Um, and so do you yourself do treatments on trans people? Um, so in terms of injectables, so I have had people come in for injectables, so what we call is facial feminization. Okay. Um, so where they've transitioned or are transitioning, um, and as part of those treatments, they're wanting treatments done to the face to help feminize the face, just as you can masculinize the face as well. Now, you can do this in a more harsh way, surgically, by bone shaping and shaving, you know, but people sometimes don't want to be that invasive. So using dermal fillers to do that, we can take from a square masculine jaw to a round heart-shaped female jaw, you know, from high bone cheeks to more masculine square cheeks. Mm -hmm. We From a, female, a male forehead, you know, shaped forehead, to more female. We can do all of those things just with injectables in the right hand. It makes me wonder, you know, because you obviously hang around with, with other doctors mm. and, you know, you guys will talk privately. Mm. Have you ever spoken to a doctor who's just like, going to turn his girlfriend or his wife or whatever mm. into whatever he wants almost? like Because it feels like you guys can almost create a situation if you want. Funny enough you say that. Um... <coughs> I had a friend of mine, and he'll probably be listening to this saying, T, please don't say this. Um, he said this to me, this statement, and it sticks with me today. And he was like, T, what's the point of me in life trying to chase like a 10 out of 10 girl <laughs> when I can find someone 2 out of 10 and bring them to you? And you can make them 10 out of 10. At first, I was like, that's so superficial, that's so wrong. And I was like, then I was like, but I actually, okay, I know this guy has really thought about this in his head. Yeah. He's gone, right, oh, these girls that are overly attractive, you know, they, they're not got that nice personality, or, or that's his opinion of it. And so he was like, I'm going to find someone that's got a nice personality. No, look, and make her the way I'm, that I want to. He's, he's not lying, because mm. whenever I've dated girls and they've mentioned, like, I want this mm. done or that done, I'm like, I got just a guy, don't you worry about it. <laughs> but... But in reality, the funniest yeah. bit about it was I was in, in research for this. I was watching some of these plastic surgery shows, mm. cosmetic shows, and there was one woman who she'd had a load of kids mm. uh, with her husband. Her belly, her boobs, and everything were just, you know, shot, bless mm. her. Like, um, everything was sagging and drooping. Mm. And as she was getting it, you know, everything sorted, I remember thinking, you're going to leave your husband. Yeah. And I don't know, I, I just think like, because she mentioned, oh, we haven't been making love and all of that. I don't mm. feel confident. And I was like, you're going to get your groove back and you're going to yeah. think, I'm a new me and I can yeah. do better than you. Yeah. Do you see a little bit of that? Well, funny enough, that was literally my answer I said to my mate because I said there was a show called The Swan. It's not on anymore. Mm. I don't know if you saw it. It was amazing. It was like the best surgical transformation show. Like you got given a personal trainer, a nutritionist, a dentist, surgery, everything. So that person, exactly as you said, it was usually a couple, husband brought the wife in or wife brought the husband in, was like, you know, family, like we want this for them and everything. And all of a sudden, they come out looking like a sports-illustrated model, right? 
And nine weeks later, they left their partners. You know, they've gone and found someone else, you know. So this was breaking up couples. So they started to do people at the same time. (laughs) So they were like, rather than just doing one, they were like, right, we're doing couples makeover, both of you uh, changing in that way. It's funny how people are, though. Everyone, Mm. you know, as much as we all want to be, oh, I love this person, this, Mm. that, and the other. But, like... We are animals and we do grade on looks mm. and people do feel like they outgrow people, level up mm. and all of that. Mm. And I watch this YouTube guy, he's passed away now, but called Kevin Samuels. I don't Yeah. And, yeah. and he's an image consultant, mm. or he was, and um and he grades people and he breaks it down so well. Mm. And uh and yeah, I, I mean I guess you may have leveled people up, mm. women up, and they've been like, fuck mm. this. Like, I think, yeah, that Kevin Samuels, he was brutal. I remember uh, watching something brutal in his assessment. Oh, yeah. But some of it was honest in a way that when we look at each other, we judge ourselves, you know, we're judging partners. Looks as to come in part of that, you know. Um, and sometimes we, we can't be real with ourselves. We, and yeah, and we're not honest with that, mm. you know. And I think we do need to be honest with that. Just as much as we look at personality, we look at what job, what education, where that person came from, we do look at those things. Mm. Yes, they shouldn't be the be all and end all, but they form part of the equation of oh, part of the what The reason we are it thinking. was so good, though, was mm. because of men are very like logical mm. and I. Before the women come for me, I know, mm. like, you know, but women can be a bit more emotional than men. Just, just can be. Just let, and the way, you know what I'm trying to do here? This is trepidation. And, and the way he would just cut through all the red tape and be like, mm. look, I'm going to be real with you. you got mm. two kids. You're a six out of ten at best. Like, and he would just break it down and be like, mm. you're expecting to get a man who's earning over a hundred grand a year or whatever. Mm. Meanwhile, what are you bringing to the table? Mm. And mm. the amount of them that would like look at him and you could mm. see it like, Fucking hell, he's mm, right. Mm. And uh, man, that guy was fucking. But then they would flip it the other way, and they would do it to men too. Because I remember <coughs> yeah. he would do it to yeah. men, and I would see when he did it to men, and he was like, "Well, you know, how do you expect you know this woman to want to be with you? Mm. You can't help take care of yourself." I think where he kind of sometimes goes into that realms is that word, isn't it? It's that toxic ma- masculinity where I think sometimes it pushes a bit. It, it's got part of the honesty in it part of it mm. but it may push it a bit too far in how you deliver the oh yeah, yeah yeah there was an element of rudeness yeah. which yeah. which don't get me wrong and, and, and entertainment wise mm. it was fucking fantastic mm. but yeah if I was going to deliver that I would have done it a bit gentler yeah, uh, but I guess I was wondering you know you speak to women every single day mm. who are coming in uh, what do you think the, the main root cause is for people wanting this Funny enough, it's the mo- It's the one that's judged the least. It's for themselves. Honestly, I think sometimes, guys, we get too wrapped up in ourselves. Mm. We think, oh, yeah, they're doing it for us. It's for us. It's about getting us, about a guy. No, as many women are happy to live their lives without us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they would. Yeah. You know, and they get things done because they want to. Mm. You know, that is the only because they don't care if the boyfriend cares about it or not you know because many times you get the boyfriend going I don't want you to get that I think you're perfect the way you breast are reduction. you know things like that the amount of men who mm. probably cry into their pillow <laughs> the night before their wife gets a breast reduction but, wi- yeah. but women are the car- carrying yeah. them feeling yeah. like they're feeling and yeah, yeah they, they don't understand that fact you know yeah. whether it's reducing something or making something bigger they're like nine times out of ten I don't, I don't really care what you think this is about me this is something personal um, and I think if we all understand that we'll get about understanding of why people do things because sometimes we do it and we go well I don't understand why they do that it's because you wouldn't want to do that 
okay? You're not them. You know, if you try and put yourself in their seat and understand where they are, then maybe you might get closer to the oh, answer. You've nailed it. And that's for so many different things mm. in life. I think one of, the, one of the reasons why we see so many disagreements, mm. like Twitter alone, oh. everyone's arguing and fighting yeah. because people don't put themselves in other people's no. shoes no. at all. At all. They're really bad at they don't. They don't want to. And it's... <sighs> It, it's sad because, you know, it causes so many divisive arguments where we would get better understanding if people did that. Mm. You know, less judgment and more trying to see or understand where that person is coming from. How did they get there? What's in the space? Because if the end goal was just to dismiss something, then what's the point? Exactly. And, and that's it's funny because in this mm. podcast, I've had so many different people on lately mm. who've been a bit controversial. Mm. And the amount of people in the comments who complain or like, why are you doing mm. this? And I'm like, because mm. I want to have conversations with people mm. who are completely different to me from different yeah. backgrounds. Because how else am I going to... If I was just talking to a kid from Newcastle, yeah. it'd be like, well, yeah, I know everything about yeah. it. Me and him grew up together. That's how, well, that's how we first met. You know, yeah. I remember we were on a train... And, you know, the lady in the street comes and asks, do we want the vegan meal? And we're like, do we look like vegans? <laughs> <laughs> but then at the same time, you know, we were told, if you look at us, we were like literally total opposites. Yeah. But there was things that we Imme- literally immediately aligned on and things that were different. And that's what makes the beauty of conversations, as you said, you know, to bring different people together to understand different elements. That's why I love my job. Not even just treating and doing, but it's literally getting to know different people yeah. and different backgrounds of coming from crazy different walks of life. Have you thought about your bedside manner and all of that sort of mm. stuff? Because I have been in many different uh, hospitals over the years mm. for all different little things. And the way you speak to people, mm. I can't com- compliment you enough. I've never uh, felt more relaxed at home or trusting oh, to a person. That. I remember just thinking, this guy, he's an ultimate professional, but also like... Um, the way you talk, uh, mm. you, you're very like, um, we're going to do this and then we're going to do that. And, every, and everything's <laughs> That's about, a good impression. Eh? Yeah, and I, I was just like, everything's going to be fine. He's got his, he's got... And so have you consciously worked on that? I don't think I've consciously done it. It's just because I've done it for a while now. Mm. You know, done this for about 10 years, getting old, man. And it's just like, it becomes subconscious. I think when you're confident in your ability, so that bit's out the window. I'm never thinking about or worrying about, oh, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. You know, so that bit's done. So really after that, it's just really focusing on the person. And it's getting to know people and read their behaviours because you have to adjust it. Mm-hmm. You know, they may be the person that needs so much detail. So they're that type of person. So if I was just to go, oh, I'm just going to do this, do that, they'll be like, oh, no, no, what do you mean? Yeah. This, this, this. You know how patient. Yeah. Or the person that doesn't want to deal and literally just wants me to skip to the grand picture of how things are going to look. I think when you understand that, that's when the magic happens. That's when you're in that kind of sweet spot where people will trust you um, because they get that part. What about, um, you know, with emotional people who break down and mm. stuff, I'm sure that must happen. Yeah. Whether it be... Uh, when they first come in and they're not mm-hmm. happy or whether they see a result that they're really mm-hmm. happy with. How, how, how do you deal with someone who's dreadfully unhappy or whatever and they're... It, it's hard, it varies, right? Um, as a doctor, you're, good, you're able to detach and you're able to show empathy. You should be able to do your job. But when it links into, say, something that's happened in your thing, so my dad died of cancer um, a year ago. I'm so sorry. And yeah, and I know he was a hero. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's, he's the reason I'm here. And when then I have people that break down, so a lot of people that when people come for change again, as I said, one of the things is for themselves. Sometimes it's a life event, whether it's a divorce, 
illness, someone's died, you know, and being died out there, a lot of times it's cancer. You know, there was one patient recently, and yeah, it upsets me to speak about it, but um, I hadn't seen her for about two years. Mm-hmm. And she came in and I hadn't seen her, she saw in the notes um, that she hadn't been for two years. And, you know, I said, oh, how are you? And she said, oh, yeah, sorry, I've not been here, you know. Um, I was trying for a baby, I had a baby boy. I said, oh, my God, congratulations, because, you know, i got two kids with dads. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, no, he died. Fuck. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, he, he died when he was four months old and started to break down, this kind of thing that happened. And... No matter how much you can detach yourself, it's a very difficult situation. You know, I felt emotional. My therapist that was in the room felt emotional. And, you know, she, what she was doing is she was going back to work. And this had drained her mentally and physically. When she looked in the mirror, she didn't see what she used to see, you know. So, again, people were talking about, oh, it must be a deep cycle. No, she just wanted to see herself again. She felt she had aged in the process. You will. Of course she would. Okay, so this was what the treatment was about, freshen her skin, do any treatments, anything to do that. We did, I didn't charge her. And I told her I can't, you know, um, and and, and we just did that, and I just did that for her because I just physically couldn't. But you're a fucking lovely person. Uh, no, nah, man. But like, um, it just shows you there are different reasons for people to drive to mm-hmm. want and do things. And it, it can be quite hard. And so, again, it's just not having that judgment because we just never know people's reasons. You mentioned before, and I hope you don't mind me going yeah, in yeah. on this because, about your dad, because yeah. if there was a few things I took from my first interview with you, mm. one of the things mm. was you and your dad. Yeah. Because you and me, one of the things we connected on, a bit of uh, difficult kids yeah. needed that masculine role model yeah. there to put us in our place. Yeah, discipline. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. For, for some young lads... Uh, you know, love and nice, nice. Uh, doesn't do it. We need fear. Mm. We need respect. Yeah. We need the Mufasa. Yeah. In, <laughs> yeah. The, in the corner. Good... <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah. And um, and your dad certainly sounded like that. So yeah. how are you? How are you coping? And, and how how are you feeling about the whole thing? Because I remember he yeah. really put you on the right path. Yeah. Um. So yeah, with my dad is it's it's still surreal. Um, when I think about it and I talk about it, it's still surreal. You know, what upsets me a lot is my job, like, I get called a body fixer, right? Um, because I'm able to fix all these things. And the one person I couldn't fix was my dad. Mm-hmm. And that really upsets me. Um, and maybe it's why part of my job I work even harder because I find it therapeutic. I fix all these other stuff to compensate for the fact I couldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, he had prostate cancer. He hid it from us, um, some of the symptoms, because particularly culturally, black, African, we don't talk about those things. Um, mm-hmm. We need to talk more about that. We did it. Men, are, men are just bad men at that. Men are just bad at that yeah. until you add all those factors in, you know. Um, and unfortunately, we couldn't save him and it was too late, so it was more of treatment and palliative care. And I remember being in there like the day that he died later on that day and he was in the bed and anyone that's been with a relative that is um, dying, you know, there's a certain breathing pattern they have towards the end. And I remember... I remember saying to him, like, going, like, it's okay. Yes, bro. Um, Because I knew for him, his biggest thing was, like, making sure we're okay. 
And so I wanted to make sure for him that he knew we would be okay. So it was almost giving him permission to be like, you know. To let it go. And like a couple of hours after that, he went. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's hard because like my relationship with my son, I have now and I have a daughter now who's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things you look and you go, man, I never want them to know that pain, but they're going to know it one day. And we can't control that. I mean, look, the, the main thing is, like you said with your patient, mm. it's not supposed to be that way. Yeah. It's supposed to be the way you had it, yeah. where you see him off. Mm. And um, I, 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 that really stuck with me about you. Mm. you know? All these years later, I think I interviewed you in 2016. Yeah, it was a long time and, ago, and, man. And, and, and it was mm. one of those things where I thought... Mm. God, that man must be so proud of his son mm. to come from where you come from, like mm. me, working class, mm. to, 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 to being a leader in your field. Mm. So, like, for him, at that moment, you know, he couldn't feel anything other than, I did my job properly. Yeah. And he certainly did. You know what's crazy, though? For him, he never lent into it to allow himself to enjoy it too much because... He had been there, you know, as a black man coming across into this country and he saw what can happen sometimes when people build you up. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people there trying to attack you, you know, and, you know, whether it was front cover of a magazine or anything, I would show my dad and be like, oh, dad, you know, this. He'd be like, oh, good, good, but, you know, be careful. And I'd be like, what do you mean, dad? And he'd be like, son, you know, you know, it's just the way the world works. You know, because they're not going to come for you for your qualifications because they're there for everybody to see. They're not going to come for you for your skills because they're there for everybody to see. So it'll be your character. So that's the thing that people these days do. They come for character because there's people that don't know you. So it can cast a doubt. It can cast a shadow. And so, wise words. Uh, wise words. And so he was just like, you just have to be strong. Mm. For that time, he would always say that to me. It was, and he was right, you know. And, and, and I think, you know, when... I know we've gone off peace, like from kind of surgery onto like fatherhood. Yeah, I love it. But to have that vision um, so strong, it's something now that I definitely, you know, instill in my son from now. You know, he's four years old. And I really, really focus on that for him now to do that. And it's weird because I see myself becoming my dad now in the way I am. I, I honestly, <laughs> it's mental um, in many different ways. Um, but yeah, no, I, my, own, my only worry is that. Roman, my son, he, he has everything now, you know? Like, we were talking about it and how, like, you know, we didn't have mm-hmm. those bits. So the hunger was there, you know? You had that driving force, but the hunger was there. Mm-hmm. How do you get hungry waking up in this big house, you know, everything you want, your own playroom, all these cars, or everything? And we're not spoiling him, you know, because they're always making work and stuff, but his reality is different. Mm. It is possible mm. if if you understand the carrot and stick, mm. and you keep them aligned with that. Mm. I, like I, um, I do respect uh, Nigel Ben and Connor Ben mm. uh, because Connor Ben always says, "I, I grew up with a silver spoon," mm. but if anything, he, he, he seems to use it as a way of a chip on his shoulder. Like yeah. you're not going to make me into this rich boy. I'm going to outwork you. Yeah. You know, so that it is possible. But I definitely think it's. It is, on the one hand, you have all the advantages, all the education mm. and all of that, but I think you'll be fine because, you know what, from everything you've taught me about you and your dad's relationship, 
your old man's always in there. He is. To let you know this is what you need right yeah, now. He you is. You know what I mean? He is. He's, he's always on speaker to you. But sometimes it's subconscious. Mm. You know, my son, like, I'll give an example, because like in lockdown, you know, all he saw was his house for a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So when we were out of lockdown, you know, we took him around to one of his friends at school for the first time. And the first time he went to the house. And I remember he came out the room looking distressed. And I was like, what's wrong, son? He said, he says he hasn't got a playroom. Mm. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I said, I wanted to play. Where's the playroom? He said, there's no playroom. I said, yeah, because you just play here. And he couldn't understand it. But it wasn't because he was spoiled. It was because it was his reality. Mm -hmm. It was because in this house, there's a playroom. Mm. But it was something that was so subconscious that we didn't even know had gone into his mind to tell him. You know, we had to sit him down and go, look, not everyone has a playroom and everything there. But if that didn't happen, I would have not known as a parent to yeah. subconsciously tell him specifically that point. I mean, you know? you've done amazingly well and I've seen, mm. I've seen pictures of your house and it's absolutely stunning. Mm. And you've worked your arse off for that yeah, and you've earned it. You've done it. the best job for your kids, mate. Mm. And in regards to losing a parent as I lost mm. my mother, the one thing that I think the weirdest thing in, in the first year that I remember thinking is, it's so weird to not be able to talk to you. Oh. My whole reality always has been, you know, I wake up in the morning, have breakfast, breathe there, sun shines, and my mom is yeah. there. Yeah. So to not have that constant, it, 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 it's like all of a sudden you wake up one day and everyone's swimming in the ocean around yeah. you. Like, it's just bizarre. I had to stop driving home um, mm. because my routine was when I finish work, I'll jump in the car, I'll go five minutes on, I know dad starts flashing up on the dashboard. Yeah. He's going to call, I have a call with him, mm-hmm. how's your day, talk about mum, call your mum, you know, all those types of things. And each time I was in that journey back, I was looking down at my thing, waiting for it to call. Like, voicemails now, I I, I don't delete them. They're there. I still text, like, so it's been a year. Uh I text on, I know it's not going to anywhere, but I text the phone and said, happy birthday, dad, you know. So, yeah, that's that's the biggest thing, the finality, that's the word, the finality, right? You know, to, and it really doesn't hit until each first of everything. So, you know, first Father's Day without him, first Christmas that we had without him, his first birthday, it's gone. Like, you don't really hit hit into it, you know. We got, luckily made a memorial bench done for him in the um, Canavero Park in, in Wimbledon. So I go down and I sit on that a lot and I talk and I talk to him and I, and I have my thoughts um, mm. in there. But yeah, I think one thing I'll say to any kids is that they've got their parents and you're having like silly arguments and silly things and something sometimes is, you know, that, they're not worth it, man. Bro, I beat myself up about some yeah. of those like when I was a moody teenager. Yeah, yeah. I remember, but but going back to what you were saying, it's, it's mm. been um, obviously a few more years for me mm. and the one thing I can say that gives me comfort is... When you're that close and you have all those conversations to pull from, the little tiny little details of, oh, remember when we did this thing and that thing, mm. they fade, mm. but the, the essence of who they are, yeah. it, that never leaves you. It literally is like in, uh, crystallized in your mind. And whether it be the first or the fifth year or the sixth year or, or mm. whatever, um, I really feel like I really know her mm. and she's there. And yeah. and it, it 
the, the worry early on is what if it slips away yeah. uh, but that it just doesn't happen yeah. it literally never happens it, I, I still have dreams about my mum uh, once a month at least where wow. I feel like she's right there so and, vivid and, right Yeah, and also it's mm. it's not a scary like oh my no. god she's not alive it's yeah. very much like oh there she is yeah. like it's just so like yeah. normal yeah. Um, and uh, and those are the things and, and one thing I remember a really close person to me saying is mm. It's the closeness and the relationship you have with that person mm. that will actually take you through their death. Yeah. That's actually, the, that, that strength and that bond and that love, mm. as painful as their death is, it's actually what carries you through because it, for people who didn't have that, it's so much harder mm. because what are they pulling from? Yeah. They're, they're in agony because they wish they had more, yeah. whereas you had everything you wanted. Yeah. You know? No, you're right. It was, I think for me... It was how my dad would have wanted to be like as a man. You know, that that is what kind of pulled me through. Mm. You know, I was ready to kind of sink into a pit of nothingness and shut out the world, right? And and I remember saying I just felt like a lost boy and I felt, you know, like a little kid again. Mm -hmm. But I just remember his voice like mm. just being like, you, you got family. I know what you mean about you that little, show, little kid yeah. thing, you know. Yeah, you just feel like a, you mm. feel like I said it at the funeral because one thing that happens, particularly if you're a guy, particularly if you're the eldest, mm -hmm. everybody comes and says you're the father now. Yep. Right, you know that's the first thing. Everybody was different to my sister, different to my mum, but to me it was like you're the man now. And I remember thinking, okay, but who's my dad? You know, like, everybody's like, well, you're the father, you're the father. What about me? And I, and I remember, you know, holding it together for the funeral, being that person, being strong for my mum, being strong for my sister, but trying to figure out where am I supposed to grieve in all of yeah. this, you know, because where do I have to? I have to support my mum, support my sister, my family, run this business, this product line, you know, shows like, you know, and I went into autopilot for the first, like, days after I was just going to work still I, I just went to work I did half days because only because my clinic manager forced me to make them shorter but then it you know three months into it it's like a car crash because boom and you, <coughs> and you feel it all and, and, and then all of those feelings come out that you're trying to hide from mm. um, and from what I've spoken from people to you patients you know as you say it the pain never goes away but how you cope changes you know and how you move changes the pain doesn't change um you know the thing about the little boy feeling mm. when i would cry even now when i mm. when i when i have that um tears come mm. and i feel it i'm not crying as a man mm. i feel like i'm that little kid mm. who would give my mom a hug oh yeah that, that's how i feel yeah that's where it all comes from is yeah. like I'm, I'm missing my mom as the yeah. inner child yeah uh, and that's the bit that yeah. takes a while to calm that down and uh, you know it takes years even yeah it's it's it's, it's a weird like i said it's a really soul taking type of cry you know i remember that i remember hit like that when i was just like I saw my mum, how down my mum was, my sister, you know, and I'm trying to organise all these funeral arrangements. The funerals are expensive, you know, so mm -hmm. I'm doing that. The clinic, my dad was the accountant at the clinic, so he knew and sorted everything. So I'm trying to explain to people what he's done or where he's done and trying to figure that all out. And he was not just my dad, he was that person I would lean on for stuff like that. 
you know, that I could just fully trust. You know, you, you have people in business all around you sometimes that might want a piece of you, a piece of you here for their game, but then you've got this person that's there for you and you know they're there. Bro, they're just you. They're like God. Yeah. So when that goes, mm. that's it. I remember breaking down to my missus, just breaking down. Like, you know, like a little boy just saying, mm-hmm. I just want my dad, man. I just, I just want him to be here. Mm. But then you kind of let that out and you get there and you have your moment and you have to go, okay, no, right, I need to put this aside now. I need to act in a way. What would he do? You know, what would he do now? And he was like, no, you take control of the situation. Now you're the dad. How's this? Dad, that's it. And, and you got to go. And How's that feeling for you? Because when you first become a parent, yeah. that's a big thing. But then you're Mufasa now, bro. Yeah. Bro, it's, it's hard. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's hard. We joke about it. I mean, the missus, we look at the table, because particularly we've got two now. You know, we're at the breakfast table. I look at Roman. I look at Rain. And we look at each other like, when did this happen? Mm. Like, you, it's the most challenging, rewarding, but also most vulnerable you will ever be in your life you know and that's the thing yeah i watch him he's on his quad bike going i'm like duh, 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 duh. Yeah, yeah i'm thinking like my god don't crack your head open or anything <laughs> that way and stuff but at the same time i'm like oh my god look at my boy he's going on this and doing it it's mm-hmm. it's such a roller coaster of emotions um but you constantly i think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be perfect in that situation and we just got to allow ourselves to be fallible in it as well. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, we cannot have all the answers. No book is going to have all the answers. Every kid is different. I already just had these two and they are like polar opposites of each other. Oh, really? You know, she is just this soft energy that is peaceful and just smiles at you and he's just calming and Roman I love him but he's just feral and he's boisterous it's just definition of masculinity and femininity yeah they are literally that in Mm. in that way but again I feel very blessed to experience both oh yeah you are and, and see both and do but yeah but then on top of that then afterwards you start your own mortality man that's the bit that gets me now. Oh, really? You're like, you, you suffering, but like, I'm not going to be here forever. You know, I'm not Do you not think that's a, a blessing in your own way? It is and not, you know, because it's not a nice I guess thought, it's, but... it's not a nice thought. It's, it's one of those where, when life is good, right? You want it to, yeah. you don't want it, do you? It's like a holiday. You go on this holiday, but you don't want it to end. It's this amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Like, please, let's rinse and repeat and continue, yeah. right? And I guess at some point, yeah, you would get to that point. But when you're not there, you're like, oh my God. And especially when you lose someone and they're taken away from you and you're seeing it in your work or in your TV thing, you just go, man, I'm enjoying it. You know, I'm blessed with this. I really want this to keep going. And you're just almost sometimes praying, like you, that mortality, like, please, not before it's time. You know, I, I want to see all of this. You know, my dad didn't get to see Rain. You know, um, we got to see Roman, thank, thank goodness, and it was great. Didn't get to know Rain was going to even be born, you know. So mm-hmm. there's little bits like that kind of go, you know, uh, that, that gets to me. So I just I just hope, I try, you know, thing that I, I get to experience those things. You know, it, it's funny that when we learn that our own mortality is coming, because when we're in my 20s even, we're mm-hmm. blissfully unaware of that. Mm. And I, now I'm in my 30s, I'm really coming into my own and going like, mm. these decisions are the forever decisions. Yes. There ain't, like when you're picking a woman, yeah. all, all of these things that I'm doing right now yeah. where I'm, I'm making long-term plans for yeah. myself, I'm going, 
that you know this is it. This, mm. I need to get this fucking right now. Yeah. There ain't do overs. Yeah. And 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 not only that, I need to build a life for myself that I don't. Legacy. Regret. Yeah. I, I legacy. Wa- I want to be proud of what I do now. This is it. It's yeah. legacy. I think everything is from this point is legacy building, you know, because you get given this baton, in it, right? And all this time you're just running with it. You're running with it. And you're gonna hand it over at one point. And that mm. part of your race is done. You can't, there's no take backs, there's no do-overs. What you did was how you ran, right? And then the next person then takes that on. And mm. so I spend a lot of time. You know, it sounds morbid. Not thinking about death, but thinking about right that legacy. Like, how do I bring? How do I take that forward in the most positive way? But what's the positive thing when it comes to that is that I don't let stuff get to me the way it would before. You see, you're already yeah. becoming that guy. Yeah. Everything you're saying is that like this is me now. Yeah, it's already taking impact, and you're moving in a way where. Mm. You're thinking about the long term. You're thinking about the whole family and mm. your legacy and what it. What he sacrificed so much for me, and my sister. Mm. Right? You know, he came to this country. He sacrificed so much to put us through school and do everything. And I know he would not regret or take that back one second. But I know he wished he had more time with my mum to do stuff that he enjoyed. You know, because the time he got diagnosed was the time he was due to retire. That's when he saw his time to stop and wow. enjoy. Right. And so seeing that, my thought got flipped before it was yeah head down work now retire enjoy but now it's not enjoy the journey enjoy the journey and that's the ups and the downs you know whatever gets thrown at you keep moving you know you're here once um make the most of it small people like you mate they they always learn even in the most painful scenarios and it sounds like you've really pulled a lot out of that whole situation and taken something from it and gone all right dad well, I'm the guy now, but I'm also going to learn from what what didn't mm. happen that you could have, what you deserved, mm. and I'm going to yeah spend more time with the family and all of that, and maybe mm. work. Not you still work hard, yeah, just not as no, you're a maniac, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> know what I mean? yeah, yeah, all that, yeah. But you just it is it's it's on balance. So like even now we're framing like how it works. So weekends, I'm like mm. right, actually no, you know what? I'm not going to work weekends mm-hmm. anymore. Um, no, these days that are family days or family half days. Aren't oh, my spillover days? You built the empire, you know. Yeah, and and how much is enough, right? Yeah, I think everybody is scarred. <clears throat> I think you know some of the most successful people that I see take this scar or pain from their childhood, and it either becomes a hero story or their kind of evil story, you mm-hmm. know. Like, and that's your hero story. You know, you've taken that pain and that's built you to where it is. But then you have to draw the line of when enough is enough. So this is where I'm getting at now in my mm-hmm. life. And it must be something that happens when you hit a certain point. And I'm sure that our age and both losing parents have definitely yeah. played a role in it where you start realising this ain't what it's all about, yeah. is it? Like, yeah. you know, and now I couldn't give a monkeys about what car I'm driving yeah. or, you know, and you start thinking, okay, it is about the experiences yes. in life, the happiness that you can give other people yeah. rather than what, what I'm driving. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Yeah. And and you get to that, like I said, you get to that line where you go, okay, where's enough? Because at that point, each sacrifice comes. You know, I always say this, if I open another clinic tomorrow, that means more time in it, that's less time with my family. You know, yes, there's more money, yes, there's more thing, but what was the reason I did it in the first place? You know, it was to have this family and to give them the things I didn't yeah. have and to push on. So, yeah, it's drawing line, knowing when enough is enough. Um, but that can be hard. And if, I think if you don't sit down and go, this, you'll keep just adjusting. Because that fleet feeling, each time, click, oh, I've done it, 
you move on to the next thing. Next. Yeah, thing yeah. Happen. Like going back to that McGregor thing earlier. Um, just weird, <laughs> weird, weird detour. But I he's thought, similar. To that. I, I thought, I thought myself, this guy's on a yacht. Yeah, he's in Monaco. We all yeah. know that because it's all over social yeah. media, and you're making little voice notes mm -hmm. bitching about YouTubers online. Mm -hmm. Like, are you really that happy? Like, this is weird. Well, this is it. If we you know go I mean? back to original McGregor, right, mm. we're, we're both talking about this and having this thing about people being scarred and then using that pain to be successful. That yeah. was him, right? He was from an impoverished background. Yeah. He did that. Now he's achieved everything that he could ever Don't dream of and more. You can get then lost in that system, and I feel for him because I feel when I look, it's a it's, it's a it's a hard mental battle because he doesn't have anything to prove anymore. But as we were just saying, it's this inner thing we're trying to prove to ourselves. It's the demon. Isn't it's it? the yeah. demon, not anyone else. So he could walk away tomorrow, have amazing life. But, going he, to but obscurity he, he keeps and having to find things. Yeah, having to find yeah. enemies. Mm. He's built a career on creating enemies. Yeah. I, I guess. And when you're, when the machine that you are, the robot that we all are, like mm. it, it, it has this uh, reward uh, policy mm. for you. It was like the more you work, the more yeah. you open a new clinic, you do this. Yeah. You do. And for me, it was uploading videos. For him, mm. it was literally fighting Fight. people. Yeah. And. I can only assume that, you know, now he's clearly at the end of his road of his physical career. Mm. It, it, it's this, like, there's so much um, aggression within him that usually mm. was getting offset by going into the gym and punching a bag or whatever. And now it's clearly going out and doing the wrong thing mm. and picking fights with the YouTube guy. Being around also sometimes the wrong people and not realising or, or putting hope that achieving all these things are going to fill that emptiness, mm. right? You know, like you say, you can buy a nice car, buy a nice house, buy a nice thing, and it's so fleeting. You know, you literally... My miss has seen it in my face. She's seen it. She said, literally, I've seen you from the day you've got that whatever car, and then you go, and I can tell to you the next day it's gone, mm, or that watch, and it's gone. Mm. And that's because it's something deep in you that you're trying to kind of satisfy um, and I feel that's with him I think regardless of all he's got around him yeah. people are like he can just walk away from the game it's, it's what's inside it's him. very rare high achievers seem to be like able to put a pin in it yeah. and, and step back mm. It it and ironically that's why I love Scarface I'm wearing a Scarface shirt yeah. but like that is yeah. a Scarface story yeah like, you didn't know where to go. To yeah, just more more, 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 more. Don't get high on your own supply. Bro. Yes. <laughs> um, so, um, couple of, a couple of last questions. Mm. There was a moment, me and you were on the phone a while back, mm. and you were telling me about your come up and making money mm. and a time where you were on an aeroplane and a guy thought you were... A so, boss, yeah. 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 <laughs> and I wanted you to tell me the story properly because we didn't really get to talk about yeah, it fully. Yeah, yeah, I remember. So... Yeah, you know what? Like, it was one of those things that after a while, I was like, you know what? I, I'm going to start streaming, so I'm going to start flying first class. I'm going to see what all this fuss is about. Um, so, right, it was like, right, I booked the tickets, started flying those. And there was this particular time I came in, and there was this older white guy. And I had come, and then there was another black guy that must have just went, I didn't know him from Adam, but he was behind me. And he just turned to us. And he goes, oh, you guys must be footballers, aren't you? And... We both looked at each other and just looked at him. <laughs> what the? And we were like, no. We're like, what the? Like, but he said it so freely. Yeah. And it wasn't even a joke. And he, was, and he just was flustered after that. He was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> and, and, and went. 
and and I thought, my God, like first class th- th- too well. Th- this is it, and I, you know, I think it, I, you know, I, it's something. Unfortunately, I've had to get used to. Mm. I, I really believe I shouldn't get used to it, but it's one of the things that I'm like, man, my son, even though he's mixed, I even say he's still not going to be seen as white. So look, I'm going to have to teach you about these things. Whereas people assume sometimes in these particular areas, if you're in there, you've either had to play sport to get there. They can't think of you as anything else, not as educated or professional yeah. in that way. One big example, not even that story, it didn't get into, was when I first moved onto the estate I, I was on. And you live on, just for yeah. clarity, one of the nicest estates. Yeah, in yeah, they call it like, was it the UK's Beverly Hills or whatever? That's what the yeah. nickname. Um, and like, so we're on it. And I was with my missus, my son, he was taller than and pushing him in a pram. And we just bought the house. And each time there was this guy walking with dogs, he was always staring at me and catching about three times staring at me. And then the third time he came up to us and he went, oh, I've seen you walking by on the estate. He goes, oh, which house are you dreaming of buying one day? And I was like, excuse me? Fuck. Yeah, and then my missus was pinching me inside. And he's like, oh, which one are you dreaming? You know, I see a lot of young couples coming by, you know, in this estate and they're looking at what would be their dream home. You know, which one catches your eye? And I was like, oh, that one. And he was like, oh, oh, gets worse. So then I said to him, oh, you know, are you living on this day? He's like, no, I just walk through. So I was like, so you've got these high opinion and you walk <laughs> through it. Okay. And then but he says, but I live in the area. And then he said, oh, where are you from? I said, oh, North London, Edmonton. And I said, you know what? Because I said it and I knew I was going to wide him up. I thought, my mates love it. You know, I've been telling them they need to come and, come and, come and move down here. You know, and then he, he so easily said it, came out of his mouth. He went, the good ones, I hope. No. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. And then literally my missus moved me on, said, oh, have a good day and thing. I said, did you hear what he said? She was like, babe, some people you can't help. And I was just like, but he was so free in it. You know what it he is because you've reached see. a level of wealth, though. Yeah. That's like, that is out of uh, like normal people's yeah. dream. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah. you, you're now getting to the, the wealthiest level where people just have no level of respect. No, no nothing. Yeah. No filter. Yeah. Isn't it weird how you think yeah. the higher up you go, yeah. in theory, the yeah. nicer people and, yeah. oh, we're all well mannered. Yeah. Yeah. It's the opposite. No. They, they, they almost speak to me like I'm someone normally. So sometimes there'll be conversations where they're talking about people growing up in my area. Oh, right. And then, and then they'll be like, oh, but not you. You're different. <laughs> you're, you're different, that show. You're different. Oh. And you're like, no, no, I'm not. You know? And these are my friends, this the is, people this that is you're a problem about. That, that your son now, you're, mm. you're going to have to have conversations with your son, I guess, mm. that your dad never had with you. Yeah. You're kind yeah. of making it up now. Yeah. Because you grew up in an area where you were very normal and everything was cool. Yeah. And now you're going to have to pre uh, prepare him, rather, for what might come. Yeah, 100%. Cause, cause I always say... I, I'm assuming the school he's going to go to, oh, he will be... In school that he goes to already now, one of his classmates, you know, the dad's flying around in a jet, you know, like, yeah. it, it's that level. And so when they see that, it's their world. It becomes normal. Right. You know, and it's trying to say, this isn't a normal world, son, you know. And, you know, we definitely do. You know, I already got Go Henry card. I'm teaching him about money, everything in that way. And I'm really, really kind of strict on, you know, not him getting gifts. Like, you can give him educational stuff. You can give him books. You can put money on his Go Henry card. And then we can discuss how he's going to spend it. And mm-hmm. he understands it. But despite that, there's an environment around him that I can't control. Yeah. And he sees every day... And that's his reality. You know, as you said, you know, 
I, I remember having to have the conversation with him about me being black, you know, because, you know, he was like, oh, how come your skin's black, Dada? You know, and I was like, oh, because I love the innocence you know, of children, but yeah, it's the innocence uh, in his head. He it. said it so innocently, yeah. and he was like, "Oh, I'm different, though." And I said, "Yeah, you know." And mommy's different. I said, "Yeah, you know, she's we're mixed. You're the best of both worlds." That's what I always say to me. That's the best cute. of both worlds, and he gets it. But then I do worry about how he's seen, and you know, when you get that level of ignorance, oh yeah, there um, that's around you, you know, that can drive that chip. You know, that bit that you say makes you want to do more. You know, you sometimes are like this, you know, this imposter syndrome, right? So you're just like, these people make you feel you're not worthy of this. I'm going to show you. I'm going to work harder and I'm going to be better, you know, and it, and it, it can be dangerous. You have to control it. Yeah, because it. nothing can take away their ignorance. Really. Yeah, exactly. Nothing will, yeah. nothing will change them. So you've got to kind of almost back away from it, adjust it, and, and, and it. But as I said, you almost have to kind of get comfortable with it, which is not a nice thing. Yeah, it feels like you're going through a bit of a crossroads in your life mm. right now. I think this is a really good time for you to come on the podcast because yeah. you're definitely like evolving. Oh man, from when I first came to you in the podcast, don't get me wrong, you know, I was doing okay, I had a nice... Yeah. I, but it's a totally polar opposite to now. Yeah. Like the things I've seen and get able to experience to do that, it's a total bit. Mm. But it's come with a whole different... I know people probably say, oh, you know, stop complaining, you've got all this, I know that. I know I'm privileged, do not get me wrong. I find that every day. But also it brings a whole new set of problems, you know, and sometimes people don't realise that. You know, as I said, if I grew, when I, where I grew up in North London and Edmonton, where it's quite impoverished, I was the normal, you know. There was a black person every day. You know, now, where I am, even though it's a beautiful area, you know, I walk down in the area, but everybody's kind of looking at me, kind of trying to figure out... Do you think you're like, in... That's it. Do, you think, do you think there's a little bit of it now, because you've had those horrible experiences as well, mm. that in your own head, you're psyching yourself out, like, oh, yeah. are, are they looking at me yeah. thinking this? Yeah. And you're now, like... Yeah. Working yourself up yeah. for it as well. You, you do. You do get into that way, mm. but then sometimes it's justified. Because I remember when I just moved into that house yeah. and I pulled up and it was in a nice car. And I was outside and there was a guy walking past and he, I could see him through the mirror. He kind of walked past, went back and saw his head coming back with And he was like, excuse me. I was like, yeah, hi. He goes, um, can I help you? I was like, no. And I kept on walking. You could see him like flustered, like, what do you mean? He says, but um, I, I've not seen you here before. And I was like, I know. And I kept going, you know, and to open the door. And you could see he was so frustrated in himself. It was like, identify yourself to me. You know, you aren't here, you know. Even from the time I just opened the key into the door and I looked back, you know, and he was yeah. still there standing from a distance. You know, it's just like, it's, yeah. It's their problem. And it's a weird thing that no one ever tells you that you're going to experience when you're just innocently working hard, mm. doing what's right for your family, mm. following the good path, and then you get there and people go, you don't belong here. Yeah. I was like, well, I fucking go, worked. Yeah, I worked all hard to get here and now you're trying to push me back. You know, it is completely... Oh, Bro, it is, Chris uh, Rock did a bit about this mm. once where he goes, uh, <laughs> I love it, man. I think you might have heard it before. He goes, uh, you know uh, which black people live on my block? He goes, Oprah, Jay-Z, me. He goes... Best rapper ever, biggest TV personality ever. I'm the biggest comedian ever. He goes, do you know who I live next door to? A white dentist. He's a fucking dentist. Like, and you know, and he was just like, he's like, he goes, a black man has to fly yeah. to get to where a white man can walk to. And there's some yeah. truth in that. There's some truth. There is some truth. And you know, you feel it, and you feel the added burden of it. 
I think, you know, is a blessing and a burden mm. because I think, you know, you're not just representing yourself. You're carrying a lot for other people, you know. You're the dream, I, bro. Yeah, and I get a lot. I get a lot of DMs, a lot of love um, from people in the community and I'm mm. very blessed from it, you know. They've been there for me when stuff hasn't gone exactly completely right as well. And I said, oh, you know, I saw this, you know. We've got you, you know, we've seen what they do to people. We know this. Mm -hmm. You know, people have walked that road and seen it. So it works in both ways. Did you have They're people come after you and stuff like that for your oh, character? 100%, 100%. And, God, it's you know, no one's safe, are they? It's not. It's, it's one of those things, like I said, my dad predicted it. Um, I knew he said it, but I didn't know how much it would be. Um, Jealousy and, is horrible. And it's a horrible thing. And sometimes it becomes... When you don't keep an eye on your circle, some of the closest people around you, you know, and those are things are the sad bits that can Mate, happen. It's heartbreaking. And, 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 Do you know what's weird about mm, being about that? Mm, resentment. This is it. And when people said to me, oh, they resent you, he resents you, yeah. I, I, I yeah, couldn't say it. You couldn't see it. Because to yeah. me, when you love people like yeah. brothers, yeah. You don't want to think yeah. that. You're like, nah, nah, I know that they're not perfect. Yeah. But like, you only see resentment when yeah. the opportunity comes to stick yeah. the knife in. Completely. And that's when you're like, fuck me, you were right the whole time. This is it. You know, I had it similar. My missus, um, my niece, my clip, my a particular person, they, they literally said, I don't like that person. I don't. And I was like, no, no, they're cool. Yeah. Thing. And I couldn't exactly that. And what it was, it was, it was resentment. It was like, even though I couldn't, I couldn't understand it because I wasn't built that way. Of course right? not. You're a winner. So Winners I'm focus like, on yeah. winning, bro. So I never focused yeah. that way. So it was like, you know, and I would help. I would help those people be over there. So I couldn't understand someone to know me to be that way would look to try and do something. I, 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 I couldn't. But what was very blessing is, I always say this and I say, it's the kind of invisible PR, right? It's the stuff that you do when no one's watching that when times of that comes, it, it, it helps you. Mate, you are that it's, guy, by the way. Yeah. That's not, you oh, don't give yourself yeah. enough credit. Yeah. Like with that woman who lost her child, mm. or during lockdowns, yeah. you offered your um, facilities up yeah. for free yeah. for the NHS. Yeah. You're a good bloke, man. I appreciate that. Because it challenges you at times. When that happens, it, it makes you... It makes you... It makes you want to lean into it? Yeah, and it questions you. almost start having, again, self well, imposter syndrome, self-doubt, mm. start to think, God, you know, what I do to, to deserve this? You know, where, where, where did, what did I do? You know, what's this hard? Do you, know, do you know the fact that you're asking that question, mm -hmm. though? Yeah. Because I've asked those questions. Mm. When, when your own friends fuck you over, yeah. you do go there and you head of like, was I a bad friend? Was yeah. I, did, you know, like, and, and then the, the fact that you're soul searching about mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. really digging, mm. is because you're a good person. Yeah. Arseholes don't do that. Arseholes yeah. rewrite the story, yeah. make themselves the good guy, yeah. and then move on. Yeah. They don't do what yeah. you were doing. Yeah, yeah, and that's true. And I think the answer then becomes what, what's helped me in those times when they've happened is that it's actually not personal you know <laughs> it's actually not personal it's what you represent in that space yeah like you take some you yourself out and put x person doing that particular thing all it's you are again. all you are is a reflection for what they're not yeah and that's what's making them Treat not them. like you yeah it, you're treating them well yeah the, 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 it's it's them their inability to do what you're doing yeah which is fucking them over which yeah. is them making them think you're the problem when yeah. in reality is their problem yeah um 
and you're blowing my mind here because this is a real conversation that I've been having with myself mm. for a while and it's just so funny how successful people like like yourself who you're a you're a hometown hero mm. you know what I mean like mm. people people are going to be looking at you thinking how can I do that or mm. you're an inspiration to mm. these people and one question about you know the boys um, who you grew up with because mm. I remember you talking about them in the yeah, yeah. is there a little bit of you that ever feels I don't know a sense of guilt you know what? So great. And I'm really, truly blessed to have these as my boys. And I will say that is that I've seen it in other relationships, but they have never, ever been that way. You know, I've been so blessed. Like, you know, I was a shout out, Fabian, shout out, Roderick, you know, of course, of the Trinity, like, we're <laughs> in that way. I love it. Like, that literally, my success has been their success. You know, that's great. It, friends, it, it's honestly, I'm truly blessed to have these people in my life. They've never, there's never been a guilt. There's never been more. They've never expected more of me because I've earned a certain amount. But then also, I've never felt the same. You know, I can go and chill and do the cheapest, chillest thing with my friends, and we still have a good time. Still the same. Or, or give example, we're going all together to Beyonce on. Sunday, you know what I mean, with our, <laughs> I with, our, with our missuses, but I've paid, but they, they, I know for a fact they are going to try and give me money, but I'm not going to take it. <laughs> and like, I know they are. And so this is how that relationship is wired up where, you know, you get truly blessed to be in some of those situations, but I've then seen people that have come into my life later on and they've totally not been that way. Mm. And, you know, they have, the more I've gone X way, the more they've become bit silent bro bro you know you're literally speaking my life yeah just this change is mad yeah just yeah. change you you know it's it it's yeah. just a bit different in the way that they're around you or not around you anymore you know the the, the way that all of a sudden they are befriending people that spoke of you in a set way bro. and you're like hold on like you know why are you so it's all of when they things. meet you in yeah. my opinion i mm. could be wrong but when they meet you, they meet you as, not as a person, but as an mm. opportunity yeah. a lot of the time. So you present yourself as an opportunity to them and mm. that's how they look at you permanently. Mm. But they just behave like a friend. Yeah. And you think, oh, they're just a friend. But like when I look at the people in my life, um, in terms of the people who've had my back, mm. It, a lot of them are the older guys yeah. who were there from day one. Yeah. Yeah. The ones, like, and you could have the realest conversations with yeah. them. They want nothing but the best for you. Mm -hmm. And then the ones who I met as True Geordie, mm. they're the, a lot of the ones who, ironically, I'll see them on shows with other people who they've bitched about constantly to me. And yeah. I'm looking, just like what you yeah. just said, and I'm like, you don't even like that motherfucker? But now, because you can use him, yeah. you're with him. Okay, Because they're the next opportunity. You don't even right? like each other? Yeah. And it's so bizarre, but like, unfortunately, it's very, I don't, I don't want to disrespect women when I say this, mm. but for men, for me, I look at it and I think, that's feminine, that. Like, mm. You're behaving like, mm. like bitchy women, mm. like, you know what I mean? You're not, mm. you're not real, you're not being true mm. to mm. what you claim to be about. Mm. And it's just unfortunate, but it's, it, everything has a downside. And I, I think you and I both accept, like, you can't have everything great. And it's just one of those things that you don't see coming. Because no. when you come from nothing, no one tells you when you're working your balls there's, off. There's, there's, there's no gonna... book. Yeah, there's no book on it. All. Nah. You know, even though my dad... Can you imagine? My dad prophesized, you know, stuff. He was, like, saying, this is going to happen. This is how you're going to have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. This is what's going to happen. And you're like, no, well, I'm 
doing all the right things. Like, <laughs> it's not, you know, um, but he, he's right. And what you've also got, I, what I always say to people, and I think particularly for people now, I give advice to youngsters that are doing successful on, on social media, is the know the blessings of it and the disadvantages of it. You know, I watched this Kevin Hart thing the other day and I thought it was so right because this guy, right, he's achieved so much, so much. And he's had fuck-ups and he was like, well, I'm a human. I'm going to fuck up, right? That's what he said. It's as simple as that. <laughs> he goes, I'm human. I'm going to fuck up. And he was like, but I don't get to fuck up in the comfort of a table. It's on the world stage, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. But then he's like, what you have to understand is then you've got this platform, social media, which is beautiful in the sense that it allows you to engage with people and, 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 and understand you and, and build your brand and they, and, and they sell into you. But then also you have the disadvantage of these people that people think all of it is real. And it's so not. Mm-hmm. It is so not. Do you know that more than anyone? It, it is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is so not. And you, you get it. And I think sometimes when for me, particularly when I started doing TV work and bits... You know, then social media was always there. I couldn't understand where I would do something the best. I think it was, yeah, I was on body fixes and it was a Burns victim that I treated in the London Assets attack. Well, I hope and Conor, I, Conor I, McGregor didn't hear about that. He's not keen on that. Yeah. But I'd help heal her wounds with PRP, this uh-huh. innovative technology, and, and she was back. So, oh, I was looking in the comments on the Daily Mail and, like, the majority of them were great. And you had the odd one there going, Oh, you think she's this and this and that and that. And I was like, how did you get negativity from this? Where did negativity come into this? Mm. And I just decided at that point, some people are just angry. Not angry at you, just angry. And you're using that platform to do it. But those people aren't in reality. You know, those those people never run up to you on the street and go, Hi, I'm Ben2468. And I said that you were this, and it's like, you don't ever I get that. I think they really piss those people off. <laughs> yeah. I really, I think that, they, I don't know why, no. I haven't really worked it out, because I, I, I just don't understand it, why I seem to be a lightning rod for those kind of people. But I get a lot of weird DMs yeah. for those people. They, I, I they think, hate. you know what it is? I think it's probably because you don't react to it. Mm, maybe. What happens is, like, I know it is one of those things, but it's all if you ignore it, it goes away. Yeah. But before it goes away, mm. <laughs> it's chomping at you. Yeah. They're like, look at me, give me attention. Yeah. I'm going to say this, like, please, like, give me attention. You know, yeah. and you keep dismissing it and you keep moving on and you keep doing well in your life and you keep doing things. You know, you meet a marvelous woman, you're doing all these things. And people don't like that because yeah. they want you to not be happy in a place and that. And that's not the reality. You know what? Mm. I'm going to end it on this question because. Mm. Um, We've had a fucking great chat today. I've absolutely yeah, loved it. Yeah, Me and it's you been always good. Connect. We always, we always get on. Uh, how would you like to be remembered? Ooh. I would like to be remembered as a guy that was given an opportunity in life and gave it his all. That's yeah. That that's 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 what I would like to be remembered. Well, as. you've done that, man. No doubt about it. Um, for those who want to follow you, I'm going to put all the socials underneath to follow the story of Doctor. Esho, Tijon Esho, that is. And uh, keep killing it, mate. I'm so proud of you. You too, man. We catch up on the next one. Absolutely. We'll be geriatrics and that. (laughs) Then we're really going to be be really. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Catch us later, guys. Peace.